All right. Welcome back to the Prospecting Show. Today is Wednesday, January 5th. This is the first episode actually of uh, what year are we in? 2022, I guess we are. So we've had two two interesting years, but we are here in 2022. We got Joel Sandoval, uh, CPA. Uh, we've had a couple people that are CPAs, financial professionals, insurance guys, things like that on the show. So welcome to the Prospecting Show. Um, just to kind of set the agenda for everyone, we do past, present, and future. It makes it very easy for us to learn about what you do and how you do it. So welcome to the Prospecting Show. Give us your story, man. Where did you come from? Give us the background. How'd you get to where you are today? Like, give us the story. Yeah, thanks for having me, Connor. Um, so my story is, you know, I actually, I'm going to take it back to even my high school days. So I graduated from high school, um, low-income community back in 2005. Uh, my parents actually, even though I was in a low-income community, were actually pretty successful. They were actually both in real estate. My mom is a escrow officer for a title company. My dad is a property manager. So I wanted to go basically follow their footsteps and go all in into real estate. So I actually got my real estate license, but this was back in 05. So a couple years later, 07, 08, uh, as you probably know, there's a big housing crash. People started losing their homes. And so really the timing was just terrible. And so I was like, hey, is this really the career that I want to do? Um, so I kind of just started thinking like, you know, what's, what's my career path? Fortunately enough for me, I actually met the CPA who was uh, working for the title company. And she kind of talked about how regardless of the recession, she actually had a stable and secure job. And I always had a passion for numbers. So I started to kind of do some research and into accounting and what CPAs do. and. So I decided to kind of leave my hometown, which is Watsonville, California, a small little Hispanic community, and come to Bakersfield, California, which is now where I reside, and um, got my degree in business, concentration in accounting. And really my goal was just to have a high paying six-figure salary job. That's what my parents had. Never wanted to be an entrepreneur, never even had those thoughts. Um, but, that, but as I started to grow in business, I started to kind of dabble into entrepreneurship by reading kind of some entrepreneurial books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, a few other business books, and just kind of opened my, eye, my, my mind and my eyes to the opportunities that are available in entrepreneurship. And one day, um, you know, my boss actually kind of made me upset because I had to run a quick errand uh, after business hours for maybe 30 minutes, and then I was going to come back and do whatever, he, whatever assignment he wanted me to do. But he sent me kind of a nasty email saying like, don't fucking let me wait next time for, you know, let, business comes first, not your part, not your errands. So at that point I was like, okay, you know, um, I already had started doing tax returns for kind of family members on the side, never really thought about business, but I had studied business on, on the reading those books, those entrepreneurial books. So I talked to my wife and she was like, Hey, you know what, just go ahead, go all in, um, see what happens. Um, so I quit my job. I went from six figures to zero, zero figures overnight. Didn't have any income. Thankfully, my wife was still working. But after I quit my job, two weeks later, we found out she's expecting. And, and she's like, hey, um, you have nine months to make this work because I'm not going back to work. So she put a lot of pressure on me, but it also forced me to kind of just make cold calls, do things that I probably wouldn't have done. I was totally out of my comfort zone. And, you know, fast forward to today, we've built a seven-figure accounting firm. We service clients all across the state of California and are expanding to different states right now as well. Yeah, I, I think the probably the coolest part about that is like your timeline is so hardcore, right? It's like, hey, I quit my job, go from 100K to zero. Then the wife says, hey, 
we got nine months, right? Like you got to build <laughs> everything in nine months. Like that is the ultimate like raw, raw of, of you got to go. And it's kind of interesting too, because I think most entrepreneurs would agree that the pressure that is put on them at the external pressure that's put on them really doesn't matter compared to the internal pressure they put on themselves. Like they're just like super hardcore and like want to do it, right? It's like you're, you're you know, really trying to cruise as fast as humanly possible because you want to do better, right? Not because you have to, but it was probably a good thing that you only had nine months to perform because you made it happen, right? Here we are. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah, I don't think if it was for that nine month deadline, I probably wouldn't have succeeded as much as I would have. So yeah, that, that pressure that you put on yourself is kind of what drives you, motivates you to get up every day earlier than you probably would have. Oh, for sure. And, and also it's one of those things I think people underestimate the smart work versus like the hard work in the beginning i think a lot of people are like oh i want to work really smart right i want to work really efficient and like that's great but like in the beginning just put in 60 to 70 hours a week and like stuff gets done right like you just you just oh, yeah. out volume everybody else the quantity is just that definitely crushes quality all day every day so i i agree with you 100 on that what do you think the biggest thing is that helped you other than the timeline yeah i think you know the timeline was super helpful but i think the fact that i had a you know uh, a strong work ethic and I already had a relationship also that I had built with a ADP payroll representative and so he was kind of giving me some referrals it wasn't enough to it was barely enough to kind of put food on the table um, but I knew I knew the tax law I knew how to do good work how to provide good customer service so I knew I could provide a job for me but how do you build this into a big firm I didn't know how to run a business so that's the stuff that I had to learn kind of along the way and there was a lot of hiccups a lot of things that that were kind of difficult, but um, the actual, like if I did, if it was a one man show, um, I knew I was gonna be successful. I just didn't know how to get it to the next level and that's what I had to learn. Yeah, and I think the speed is a big thing too, right? Like anyone can make seven figures at some point if they have enough time. Like you see these companies like 30 years made seven figures. It's like, yeah, you, anyone can get there. The question is like, how fast can you get there, right? Like what's right. the velocity? How fast can you hire? How fast can you fire? How fast can you build new offers? How fast can you market? Like all the things around that process is what allows people to be even more successful, right? It sounds like you had the, you were really crushed on time, right? Like nine months plus <laughs> try, trying to scale it up. That's that's really tough. So, you know, for, for you guys, like walk us through some of the things that you you guys do I, I know you know taxes taxes tax but it's also really different right like there's people who For deliver sure. different angles of that some people are just filing returns some people are doing advisory some people are doing biz, big business small business what is it that you guys do what's the specialty what's the focus yeah so our specialty is um usually for businesses around like five hundred thousand revenue to five million dollars in revenue um, we start every new relationship with a personalized tax plan um, on average, for every person, you know, every business owner that we meet with, we save them about fifteen to thirty thousand dollars in taxes, which really makes our service, you know, a no-brainer. Um, and so we start every relationship with that personalized tax fund and implementing on the strategies that we're going to be recommending. There's usually deductions, credits, loopholes that we find that they're not taking advantage of, and unfortunately, because they haven't worked with us in the past, usually there's overpayments and taxes, and sometimes we can amend those prior tax returns, but at least going forward, we can help them save thousands, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and I think that's really important too, right? Because for a $500,000 a year company to a $5 million a year company, every dollar still kind of matters, right? Like to some level, 100%. especially if you, have, if you have a lot of staff, right? Like R&D credits, right? Just like self-employment credits. Like there's a lot of these, the kind of angles that people take that you're like, wow, okay, well, I didn't know that was a possible thing, right? Or like we're, we're, we were talking the other day about, um, 
basically capital gains tax on a C-Corp that you hold for more than five years. It's like, you know, if you don't know, you don't know, right? If you're running right. an S-Corp and you sell it, you have a capital gain, you put it in a C-Corp and you sell it, it's tax-free up to a certain threshold based on some rules. It's like just your tax election. That's a very basic thing. But if you do it right, uh, or what, what would be considered right, you will save a lot of money compared to if you do it wrong, right? So there's like these different angles. What Give us one of your like, not necessarily tax advice because we don't want to do too much tax advice on the call here, but like give us your biggest piece of like overlooked item that you see from people like, hey, they think you should do it this way, but you really should do it this way. The, the things that you find. Yeah, I think, you know, you kind of nailed it, Connor, because you said, you know, entity election is the number one thing. So, you know, if you're a C corp or an S corp, like the taxation is completely different and you could basically save a whole bunch of money in taxes just by choosing the correct entity. And that's like the number one thing that we see, like, Actually, we checked um, the census data and 73% of small business owners are doing business as a sole proprietor and sole proprietorships are the entities that pay the most amount of money in taxes. So we end up restructuring um, all, a whole bunch of businesses either into S corps, LLC, C corps. That's like the number one thing that we find over and over and over again, that just that entity election alone you know, on average is saving them tens of, you know, 20, 30, sometimes even in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a big deal too, because I think a lot of people are very familiar at this point. Like there's a lot of stuff online, like TikTok, YouTube, stuff of like that, where people are very familiar with, hey, I can go from a sole prop or, or to into an LLC, which is just a legal entity election instead of the, the S Corp election, which is a tax election, right? I think people right. are like starting to realize that, hey, I can save some self-employment tax by going to, to the S Corp. But the thing that I think that people are sleeping on, this is just my opinion, but I think the thing people are sleeping on is the C-Corp. There's some cool stuff that you can do um, inside of a C-Corp if you have, you know, you got to have the right amount of money and the right kind of strategy that you're willing to do within the C-Corp. But like, there's some crazy shit you could do it when you have the right election there. Oh yeah, 100%. The C-Corp is the one, you know, it's like underlooked for sure entity that most business owners are not taking advantage of. Um, the sole proprietorship to S Corp, like that's a very common one, but you'd be surprised too, Connor, like there's so many business owners that are still sole proprietorships, even though there's TikTok and all these other things, like we see it where people are still unaware of that. So, um, I well, and the that, legality, yeah. the legality right. is bad too, right? Cause like, you're not, you're, there's one thing to save tax, right? But there's also the whole thing to the left of that, which is like, Hey, you're doing like a limited partnership. It's like, dude, you're exposed. There's no, there's no separation between you and your personal and your business assets at, at the bottom level there. Like the, just, just separating the legal entity, the business and the individual is like, dude, if someone slips and falls and you don't have a liability policy, they crack your head open. Now you lose your business and they come after your house. It's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like that, that's the kind of stuff that I think you're talking about where it's, Hey, this person never knew they just set it up 10 years ago or five years ago and just didn't know what they were doing. Right. It's a big mistake. Yeah. 100%. I think that a lot of business owners don't think about that. And then they start to acquire assets, you know, one, you know, one asset at a time. And then before they know it, they have this huge portfolio and it's like, Hey, you have all this, all these assets that are basically at risk just because they didn't do any asset planning, forget the tax planning. Just from an asset perspective, like you got to protect yourself. You know, there's a lawsuit. Anything happens, you want to make sure you have, you know, you, that you're well protected, and that way, you know, you have the legacy. Your legacy is going to be, you know, not going to go down the drain because of, you know, mistakes or not planning. What What are your thoughts? At, and I'm just asking some cool question here because I think people listen to this, they get bored of me talking and just like talk, talk ideas from from guys like you. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on some of the 
um, up and coming strategies? Like what do you see more and more people do or focus on? Like, is there anything that you see directionally coming on? I know um, the 2018 uh, Tax and Job Cuts Act, there's a lot of phase outs that are happening over the next few years here. So there's going to be some, probably some different strategies that are going on. Are you seeing anything new and kind of upcoming that people are focusing on? Yeah, well, right now there's a lot of debate in Congress with, you know, the new president that we have. So, um, you know, obviously we had a Republican president and then now we have a, a Democratic president. And, you know, there's not a political, obviously, conversation, but whenever we have a new president, there's usually new tax laws. So right now there's we're anticipating to be like this huge tax overhaul. Um, you know, they're trying to increase the taxes on C-Corps, which I know C-Corps currently have this huge, all these benefits, but they're trying to squash a lot of those. For people making uh, basically under $400,000, they're, they're trying to basically keep the laws the same. So if you're under that, which is the majority of business owners, I think they probably won't be affected. But for high income uh, individuals, business owners, I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes. So I think that there's going to be a lot of tax planning that's going to be have to have um, had because of those tax law changes once they're once they're once they become law basically. Yeah, and there and it's interesting too because there's always these phase out rules, right? Like the 2018 phase out on like bonus depreciation and things like that, where it's it's got a five year phase out, but now we're going to have a phase in or or new rules that come in in this year or next year. So it's like you got to work on these these new rules that are going away and these new rules that are coming in and try to play the game both ways. And then, you know, entity election, that's a big one. When you go, for most people that are listening to the show, they would have no idea, but um, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. When you go from a S Corp to a C Corp, uh, you can't go back for a certain period of time. I believe it's like two years or five years or something like that. There's some some amount of time you can't go back, which is going to make it extraordinarily difficult if we put in new regulation on a C Corp that says, hey, this is taxed at a higher rate. All those guys who have C Corps are going to try to go back to S Corp and they're going to have to do some fancy stuff to, to figure out how to do that, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because right now, basically, you're basically allowed five years, like you're saying, once you make that SEC Corp election, you can't go back for five years. But there's definitely going to have to be some some kind of like planning, like income shifting, maybe creating new entities, those type of things. Um, but that could be a hassle, you know, how it is changing entities as opposed to just doing paperwork to make the election. So um, there's definitely going to be changes. But, you know, that's why having a relationship with someone like us, like a CPA, um, is, is super important because, I mean, you know, a lot of people, it's funny, they're, you know, they're scared about how much a CPA is going to cost, but really they should be concentrating on how much is the CPA going to save me, really, because if they save you, you know, fifty dollars or $100,000, all CPAs there should be free. If they're not free, then you probably have the wrong one. Yeah, no, that, that's a good way to look at it, too. And I think depending on how, where you go in business, right, one of the things that I've learned is, the, the early on flex in, in your in careers for people is like, hey, I make a ton of money, right? Once right. I once you make a lot of money, you realize the game is big as little as possible, right? Like to show <laughs> as little as possible, right? It, it, it's a different strategy. It's like, hey, I made $400,000 this year on W9 or on W2 or whatever. It's like, dude, you don't want that. That's not at all what you want. You want to have that be as low as humanly possible so you don't get crushed, right? That That's one of the, the biggest things. So um, yeah, I think people are starting to change the way they look at um, what what is the, you know, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up here because I want to keep it fairly short, but if people are interested in learning more, I know we dropped a link here, go Sandoval Tax, go.sandoval tax.com which is s-a-n-d-o-v-a-l tax.com we'll drop it in the show notes is there anywhere that you'd recommend people go to kind of learn a little bit about either some of the up and coming changes or some of the work that you guys are doing or some ideas around that what what's the best place is that really the the link they should go to yeah if they go to that link they'll be able to have a one-on-one consultation with either myself or one of my team members and they'll have a you know personalized um 
consultation session. But if they just kind of want to consume content and see what we're about, probably the best page to go to would be our, Insta our Instagram page, which is Sandoval Tax CPAs. And again, you spelt it out, S-A-N-D-O-V-A-L. So as long as you go to that Instagram page, you'll be able to find, you know, tons of content. We try to post a daily post kind of on things that are going on. Like right now, we've been talking about the Build Back Better Act, which is what the Biden administration is trying to implement. But there's still a lot of debates and that has to be kind of sorted out first. So if you want to know, just stay in the loop. Just follow our page. And then, you know, if you want a one-on-one -on -one consultation, then go to the link, go.centervaulttax.com. Awesome. Well, we're going to drop these links below. Thank you for sharing some ideas. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next year or so here with, with some of this uh, reform that's happening. So thanks for coming on the Prospecting Show. Again, for those of you who are listening, uh, Joel Sandoval, go.sandovaltax.com. That's S-A-N-D-O-V-A-L tax.com. Thanks for coming on the Prospecting Show and have a great rest of the day. Thank you.